So the scripture this morning is Philippians 1, verses 20 through 30, and today we get the collective gift of the message translation. So how am I to respond? I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed, bad, or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed, so I just cheer them on. And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. Through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known, regardless of whether I live or die. They didn't shut me up. They gave me a platform. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his prize. Life versus even more life, I can't lose. As long as I'm alive in this body, there is good work for me to do. If I had to choose right now, I hardly know what I'd choose. Hard choice. The desire to break camp here and be with Christ is powerful. Some days I can think of nothing better. But most days, because of what you are going through, I am sure that it's better for me to stick it out here. So I plan to be around a while, companion to you as your growth and joy in this life of trusting God continues. You can start looking forward to a great reunion when I come visit you again. We'll be praising Christ, enjoying each other. Meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see things for myself or hear it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both because of God. There's far more to this life than trusting in Christ. There's also suffering for him. And the suffering is as much a gift as the trusting. You're involved in the same kind of struggle you saw me go through, on which you are now getting an updated report in this letter. These are our sacred stories. be with you. I needed that, thank you. And peace is every step, the path of mindfulness in everyday life by Thich Nhat Hanh. He wrote, when I was in Vietnam, so many of our villages were being bombed. Along with my monastic brothers and sisters, I had to decide what to do. Should we continue to practice in our monasteries or should we leave the meditation halls in order to help the people who were suffering under the bombs. After careful reflection, we decided to do both, to go out and help people, and to do so in mindfulness. We called it engaged Buddhism. Mindfulness must be engaged. Once there is seeing, there must be acting. Otherwise, what is the sense of seeing? Peace is every step. Shall we continue our journey? Each year, the International Day of Peace is observed around the world on September 21st. The World Council of Churches encourages churches to honor peace with a Peace Sunday closest to September 21st. 
Therefore, as I mentioned in the Time for Children, today is Peace Sunday. Peace. I keep coming back to these words of Thich Nhat Hanh. We decided to do both, to go out and help people and to do so in mindfulness. Peace is every step. Seeking to follow in the peace-loving ways of Jesus is not one decision. It's not even one decision each day. It's hundreds of decisions. It's choosing peace. It's choosing justice. It's choosing love. It's a way of life. Paul put it this way. Meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see things for myself or hear about it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and your unity will show them what they're up against. I think Paul is right. See, I agree with him sometimes. We're reading Paul's mail. This letter was written to the church in Philippi from prison. Paul, at the time of writing, did not know if he would be released or if he would be executed. Live in such a way that you're a credit to the message of Christ. The Greek word translated live is postuthe. It's not Paul's typical word choice for patterns of living. This is a political term. It's related to the Greek word for city, polis. This word is used to refer to the way that one ought to conduct oneself as a citizen in a political community. So to put it differently, Paul is saying that to be a follower of Christ means to be political in a way that is worthy of the gospel. It's a plural verb. So it addresses the entire Philippian community as a whole, not simply the individuals within it. So Paul is exhorting us to live our public life, our life together as free citizens, not of Rome, but of the realm of God. Well, how do we do that? How do we live our public life, our shared lives together as a credit to the message of Christ? How do we embody the being and doing of peace such that peace is every step? Jesus taught us through words and actions to counter injustice with nonviolence. Jesus walks a path between passivity and violence, choosing neither one. Inspired by the history of his own people's struggles, he articulates and lives a way that evil can be resisted without being mirrored, that injustice can be opposed without being emulated. It's a way of peace a way he invites us into over and over again. 
a way of loving our enemies while calling all of us to live lives in community and love. Theologian Walter Wink wrote, nonviolence must be missed, must not. I'll start again because it's worth it. It's a really good quote. Theologian Walter Wink wrote, nonviolence must not be misconstrued as a way of avoiding conflict. Christians have all too often called for nonviolence or peace when what they really meant was tranquility. Nonviolence, in fact, seeks out conflict, elicits conflict, exacerbates conflict in order to bring it out in the open and lance its poisonous source. It is not idealistic or sentimental about evil. It does not coddle or cajole aggressors. Peace, nonviolence, moves against perceived injustice proactively. Okay, but how? How? How does it move against injustice proactively? Not with violence, not with passivity, with peace, with active peace. At a time when many were taking up arms against the Romans, Jesus confronted the power of the empire non-violently, even refusing to take up the sword as they came into the garden to arrest him. What was his final miracle? healing the ear of the soldier. Jesus practiced nonviolent direct action against Rome and against the religious leaders in collaboration with Rome. Jesus' refusal to meet violence with violence was revolutionary. It's the kind of revolution we need once more. Violence is the ethos of our times, wrote Wink. It is the spirituality of the modern world. Violence is so successful as a myth precisely because it does not seem to be mythic in the least. Violence simply appears to be the nature of things. It's what works. It is inevitable, the last and often the first resort in conflicts. It's embraced with equal alacrity by people on the left and on the right, by religious liberals as well as religious conservatives. The threat of violence, it is believed, is alone able to deter aggressors. We learned to trust the bomb to grant us peace. It and not Christianity is the real religion of America. Violence is the real religion of America. As pastors and politicians suggest that arming teachers is the solution to mass murder of our school children, as pastors and politicians blame black men and boys for being shot in the back, as pastors and politicians tell us that brown people must be kept out. As pastors and politicians shout about women's bodies and roles, about human sexuality as evil. They promise again and again that violence is the only answer to violence. My friends, we can and we must refuse to bow down to violence. 
We can and we must love our enemies with direct nonviolent action. We love our oppressors by showing them how they're being unjust and giving them the opportunity to grow and learn from that experience, to change their violent, unjust, and oppressive ways. The way of Jesus, the way of peace, goes beyond inaction and retaliation. Jesus doesn't avoid conflict, but neither does he react violently to it. Jesus doesn't let evil dictate the terms of his opposition. He does not let violence lead him to mirror his opponents. Jesus was a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. He wasn't into preserving the status quo. Peacemaking is how we live our public lives in a way that is a credit to Jesus' message. Peacemaking is something we do together. Peace is every step, every step we take. Peace is how we live our lives, how we live our shared lives in a way that is a credit to the nonviolent way of Jesus. The work of peace is not lost. The work of peace is not passive. Jesus' repeated teachings through word and action is a way of being in the world that breaks the spiral of violence and injustice. And Paul encourages us to live our public lives, our political lives, in a way that will be worthy of this message, this gospel of the peace-loving way of Jesus. Peace is political. It's voting and paying attention and calling for action, for change, for policies that support justice, compassion, peace. Real people are suffering. Real people are being told they don't belong and are not welcome. Real people are being told not to teach our country's real history in school, being told that their identity cannot be shared, being told that they're not acceptable or worthy of love. Real people are dying. Gun violence continues almost unchecked in our country. So on Peace Sunday, let's take up Paul's call to live our shared lives in such a way that the nonviolence of Jesus continues to be amplified. Let's work together to confront gun violence and racism and ignorance and bigotry. Let's work together for peace. We are God's hands and feet on earth. And though they may stop one of us, they cannot stop all of us. Peace is every step. Shall we journey together? Amen.